Do you ever need to send money internationally? If you're like me, having a convenient and inexpensive way to send money around the globe is a top priority. For these transactions, I trust TransferWise to give me the best rates every time. There are a ton of ways to get your money from A to B, but those transfers might cost you more than they should. And it's the old way. TransferWise uses clever new technology that gives you great exchange rates at a low fee. You can trust that they never mark up the exchange rate. The founders of TransferWise, Tavit and Christo, did not set out to start a company. They were actually normal people just like you and me, frustrated by their bank's bad exchange rates and high fees from international transfers. They wondered, what if there's a way to bypass the banks altogether? So they built TransferWise a whole seven years ago. And to date, there's two million people and counting out there using TransferWise. There's people sending money home, businesses that are paying their suppliers, freelancers getting paid. The more customers TransferWise has, the more their already low fees can drop even further. So put some money in your pocket for the more important things in life. No one ever said it's important that my bank gets some extra cash. Test it out for free at transferwise.com slash podcast or download the app. Once again, that's transferwise.com slash podcast. TransferWise, the wise way to send money. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am right now in the middle of some really spooky stuff. (laughs) Um, So I'm sitting in my house. I'm in our guest room, which is at the very top floor. And I was in the middle of recording this week's podcast episode. And then I had this moment where I felt like, oh, I need to really pause and just take a deep breath. And what came to me immediately was, oh, I feel so much gratitude for this moment. And then I articulated that. And the moment I said gratitude, like halfway through the word, the entire house went completely pitch black. Like all the lights just flashed, like buzzed, like totally wild. And then the entire house just shut down and we just completely lost electricity in the house. And the timing of that was just so, (laughs) so intense. Um, And now (laughs) I have uh, hunted around the house like a maniac looking for batteries. Who uses like double A or, or, you know, triple A or whatever it's called, double A batteries anymore? I don't think I've unpacked a packet of batteries in, in, in forever um, but it turns out that this recording device thingy that I have to record this podcast on actually also has like this backup set thing for uh, for battery use. So um, praying a little prayer right now to the technology gods that these batteries last me for an entire entire hour so that I can record this podcast sitting in a in a pitch black room um, right now. Uh, it's I, I lit a bunch of candles, so it's it's super cozy. I'm all fine. Of course, living in Aruba, anytime our AC goes out, it gets super hot, super fast. So let's let's see how I let's see how I live through this. Uh, but it was it felt like a very serendipitous like moment to have that you know the whole entire house lose power, like flash, flutter through the lights, and then and then lose power because my whole day today has been really centered around gratitude, like feeling super grateful oh, for so much. I actually don't even know where to begin. First of all, speaking from the heart right now, I'm like scared to say the word gratitude because I don't want something weirder to happen here in my house right now. Um, but speaking of of, of gratitude, um, I am in the middle of our yoga teacher training right now. And it's so forking amazing. I mean, it's 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 so beautiful, you guys. I wish I could just... I wish I could share somehow through social media, like just a tiny, like 5% of uh, the emotion and the release and the, 
oh, realizations and the letting go and the oh, that happens in our Luna Shala with our teacher training group. It's so amazing. Um, and I'm just, I'm really bad at staying engaged through social media uh, while working with a group. Like anytime I'm in a retreat or leading a training or yeah, I, I just, I, I completely immerse myself and like the social media stuff is the last thing that I do in a day and I just, I can't focus on it. And even when massively huge things happen, like this week has been so full of just amazing stuff that I should be able to share or that I could be able to share. I just can't really find the words um, for it. Like it, twice this week I've sat down and I'm like, oh my God, this is, oh, I want to write about this. I want to share this moment with the world. But then it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't flow naturally to me. So I just don't. And I think part of that is that the magic that transpires in these types of groups, it's just, it's just meant to stay in the room. So if you're wondering about my sort of distance through, through Instagram and through social media right now, it's just because I'm extremely like overwhelmingly present uh, with the 52 people that we have in Aruba right now at Island Yoga, moving through 200 hours of yoga teacher training. And today is day or was, today was day seven uh, out of 23. So we have 23 whole days together. And um, it's, uh, I, I honestly, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. Of course, every group we have at the studio is totally different. Um, no group compares to another group. Uh, every group, you know, brings their own energy, their own vibes, their own challenges, their own uh, history and past. And some groups are just completely super easygoing and lighthearted and fun. And some groups, there's a ton of trauma and hardships and heavy things that we're all working through together. Um, and some groups are just completely immersed in learning, right? So it's just wanting to dive deeply into uh, yoga philosophy and yoga asana and, and yeah, everything we have on the curriculum. This group, <laughs> I've been trying to pinpoint them, uh, like to find words to describe this group. Uh, the only thing that like really captures it for me is sisterhood. Uh, it's just, it's just the best word to describe just the feeling that this group evokes, evokes in me. Um, and already from day one, it's just been this sort of magnificent, totally wild and, and crazy thing because the first, first, first circle that we had together, uh, that was, I mean, our, so how it works is that, you know, people fly in from all over the world. We have people here from 15 countries. So from all walks of life, all ages, all, you know, backgrounds, all levels of yoga, uh, really everything from, you know, semi, not complete beginners because it is a yoga teacher training, but very varying levels of practice for sure. And uh, they sort of, you know, we have an application process, so they apply to to join. And then we have this uh, process that we move through to decide who who, who gets accepted. Uh, and and mo mostly, you know, to be able to take 23 days off of your life. I mean, that's a massive commitment huge. So there's some people quit their jobs to be able to attend yoga teacher training here, this intensive. Um, you know, people are leaving their lives behind. If people have families, kids, friends, stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's not just like going on a little vacation. It's a huge, huge life commitment to be here. Um, and what that means is that, you know, there is a lot of big emotional component to all of this. Like, you know, we're going through, we're moving through something very life-changing together. And not everyone who, who decides to attend a yoga teacher training is there with the intention to teach. You know, of course, for many people, that's, that's the goal and maybe the only goal to want to 
take a practice that has been immensely healing to ourselves and want to share that um, that healing and that that magic with the rest of the world. That's a, that's a big piece. But some people are, are not at all in it for that and just want to, you know, want to be here to deepen their practice or to learn or to learn things about themselves or to heal. And it makes for such expectation. I mean, can you imagine? So I think the earliest uh, people signing up for this training, they signed up over a year ago. So it's been, you know, a year of saving up money, of getting time off, of rearranging life, making this all possible. And the person who attended, the last person to sign up, uh, we had a last minute cancellation the day before the training started. Um, and we were able to fill it with a spot from the wait list. And my mind is just blown. Like, you know, with one day notice, um, this girl was able to just jump in and, and, and attend. So some people have, you know, been waiting for this for a year. And then there's a, a girl who, who just was kind of thrown in last second, who is just completely, you know, <laughs> still kind of in shock that she's here, I think. But what it does is, you know, already from the first day, we do this welcome circle in the shala on the first day. Um, where we everybody gets a chance to share a little bit about why they're here and kind of what's brought them here and anything that they want to share about about you know what brought them to this moment and what happens usually in these circles and I do these circles all the time I mean for for not just for yoga teacher trainings but um, retreat groups last year we had nine or ten <laughs> crazy but we did you know so many retreats at the studio and every beginning of a retreat we do a, a welcome circle like this where people get to share. And usually, you know, because it's new and it's new people and it's this new experience and people are nervous and, you know, feeling vulnerable or emotional. So standing up or just speaking up in the middle of, of a circle with 50 plus new people uh, can be a really daunting thing. And there's always emotion in that first circle, like always, always, always emotion. Uh, but with this group, there's something so special that... During that first circle, every single woman, and it's an all-woman all group, every single woman was just immediately stepping up to, for me at least, a new level of complete and utter support for one another. Immediately. I mean, <laughs> I didn't have to do anything to, to create that bond. Normally in a group, uh, we move through a ton of different exercises and learning how to trust each other and we do sharings and... Uh, different things that we do on the mat and working in partners and we have this sort of buddy system where people pair up to get to, to, to have each other's backs and and a lot of the sharings that we do is, is a big component in terms of building trust with new people because that's a huge thing I mean it's, it's it takes a lot for people to trust other people but with this group there was something so trusting uh, and not just trust toward me and toward the team and island yoga and everything we're about to do here but trusting each other right away um, and the, there's the level of unconditional support and total acceptance and like womanhood power. It's, it's, ugh, it's so freaking inspiring. And I, I haven't seen, I mean, this is day seven. Uh, I haven't seen like a shred of, um, of ego, you know, sometimes like, especially working with women and women in big groups, we tend to rub up against each other. I mean, it's, it's inevitable that that happens. And I'm sure it's going to happen with this group. Eventually we'll have like a little something, but of course, you know, normally for we're making a commitment like this, there's always going to be reasons to be fearful. And sometimes that fear can translate into annoyance or it can translate into a problem or, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm so, after having done this for, for 10 years, I'm so, 
uh, <laughs> aware of how this process works and who needs maybe a little bit of extra reassurance or extra support in the beginning of a group. Uh, because they're nervous to be here or they're stressed from their job or they're having, you know, need an extra extra few days to adjust. Um, and I can be like that too. Oh my God. Like if I'm traveling somewhere or I have a lot of pressure, a lot of things to do, uh, like a big weight on my shoulder, like I feel like I need to perform or, or, or you know, uh, and I have that feeling a lot, like I can turn really bitchy sometimes. Uh, and then is this always the first one to call me out? Like, you know, do you need a break? <laughs> Do you need a moment? Do you need to roll out your mat? Do you need to like step outside for a second um, to kind of put me in check of like, okay, wait, I am not, you know, the kindest version of myself. I'm not the best version of myself right now. And it is because of something, you know, it's because it has a really specific reason. And then I have to go check myself. You know, I have to sit with that and like, okay, wait, what is happening right now? Am I actually annoyed at this person for doing that thing that, you know, isn't a big deal maybe in the big scheme of things? No, I'm actually nervous about this thing coming up or I'm worried about the baby or you know there's something there and then I figure it out and I work through it and I sit with it um, and that's you know how we evolve that's how I grow so when we come to these groups like sometimes we have many people that sort of arrive with that like maybe there's you know like their flight is delayed and they had a really shitty trip getting here or their bag is lost or like stuff happens um, and then we can see sort of the first day in a group sometimes uh, where, where we need to dedicate a little extra time and support to specific people because they're super stressed out. And that can sometimes translate as a little bit of like, hmm, like a wall up toward the rest of the group or a little bit of attitude maybe or a little bit of irritability. Let's call it irritability. Um, and with this group, like there has been, like I'm actually like in shock. I'm like wondering, where is it? <laughs> There's none of it. There has been zero complaints of any kind for about anything. Like, like I'm just waiting for, I don't know, everything that comes their way, they're just rolling with it. And even in groups, because they're also working in smaller groups, there's such different, different women here. You know, there's, there's loud women and confident women and women who are just super grounded and standing up mega tall, kind of like, you know, they start to teach uh, we're taking our first steps toward teaching now and they're projecting their voice and they're like very present. And then we have women who are just really soft and quiet. And the idea of standing up in the room is just so daunting. You know, it's just, it's like a mountain to climb. It's terrifying. And we have, you know, and of course, everything in between and every single, like, that's the beauty of this. Every type of personality has like this amazing teacher within them already, not just with this group, but I believe that's true for all of us. It's just about sort of fine-tuning it and figuring out what's in the way so that I can let myself be seen, so that I can find the confidence to stand up and speak my truth and just, you know, let myself, yeah, be, being seen is a really big piece of this. Um, but even in those groups, you know, where we have mixes of like loud people and quiet people, there's been this total uplifting community sense of sisterhood where everybody gets space to shine. Like no one is is talking over each other's heads or, you know, bulldozing anyone or or um, like steering the ship too much or being too controlling or like there's nothing of that. Like every time I sit down with the small groups within the group, I'm just in awe of this emotional maturity. I don't know. I don't know. And then I'm thinking like, is this, is this, is this what is happening? Like, you know, around the globe in terms of sisterhood? Um, because I am at least like, I'm sensing a, a shift. I mean, I'm seeing a shift in the groups that we have of all women. And we often have all women groups at Island Yoga. Um, and then I'm thinking, well, is it me? Like, am I different this time around? But no, I mean, 
maybe a little bit, but not, not maybe not that, not that different. Um, so I'm, I'm just thinking like, we've been through so much shit <laughs> as women. I mean, come on, like we, we've been through so much shit over the past like eons. I'm not talking like, like couple years or decades or a hundred years, like thousands and thousands of years of like abuse and patriarchal structure and a society that doesn't let you know women take up space so I was just reading an article about women's right to vote um and the fact that like the timeline and the years that you know the year that we were, were allowed to vote in different countries of the world isn't actually even correct because it often did not include women of color and that to me is like that I've been blind to that or ignorant to that or uninformed about that um just just completely blows my fucking mind um and it's something that I'm educating myself more and more that um equality it does not equal the same thing for a white woman like myself the way it does um for a woman of color so (sighs) overall like looking at our past as 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 women I mean and what still goes on uh, in every part of the world, like every part of the world today, the inequality, um, not just between women and men, but the inequality between um, women of color and white women, it's just, it blows my mind. The more I open the door toward um, toward our past, I mean, uh, the past that we have collectively as as human beings, I mean, it's sort of night nightmarish, actually. And I completely, like, I get how it's it's sort of easy to turn a blind eye to that and continue about your day. Um but I feel like right now it's just it's the time to get educated. So I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot about the the history of Sweden, which is completely, of course, different and separate to um, the the women's movement in the United States. Uh, and the fact is just like the facts that I've been given and what's taught in school like hasn't applied to everyone. It's just <laughs> I, I I honestly can't believe it. Okay, I'm getting totally sidetracked here, but. The movement that's sort of rising now, at least I feel that the since the Me Too movement and there's a feminist movement that's much more broadly accepted than it was um, a couple of years ago. Maybe it's doing something for us as women on, and on just it's speeding things up in a totally different way. Just the fact that we are having these conversations with each other that we're um, we're getting involved politically. We're having uncomfortable conversations with our girlfriends, with with our husbands, with our parents. Um, it's it's creating a sense of community through hardship that has been largely ignored for a really long time. And I'm wondering now that you know, seeing big groups of women the way I am, really privileged to see the way like this group is coming together for your for teacher training, for instance. Um, this sort of community lifting each other up. Uh, vibration uh, that's there off the bat immediately everybody's here to support each other there's no no jealousy no animosity um, none of that like no gossip no drama uh, and, I'm, and I'm seeing it more and more and I'm thinking that because we are having these conversations we're making it so much easier to connect with each other to feel human with each other and to not have to compete with each other for you know <laughs> to get ahead or to grow or to to pursue our passions and I feel like that's sort of been that's what it's been like for us (laughs) for us um and here I am speaking as you know the most privileged human being on the planet um but it's true it's true and more and more I'm recognizing this privilege and I'm recognizing how how things are shifting right now 
so I I started off with with gratitude and I want to I want to land in that just once more because so much has been on my mind lately in terms of womanhood in terms of um, women working together in terms of women supporting each other and also what it means for us you know this this big group of girls diving into this journey of, of healing and yoga practice um, just this gratitude for the fact that we are able to be here I mean that that alone is 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 just wild. Like the fact that I get to do this for a living is is sort of unreal. Um, the fact that you know if you're listening to this podcast means that you have probably I mean you have the time to dedicate in your day to um, to listen to things that inspire you, right? To grow, to practice yoga, to focus on healing and balance and and growth. And that alone, just having the time for that, I mean, it's a massive privilege. And I think more and more we're beginning to realize this. At least I am beginning to realize my own privilege. And instead of taking it for granted, I'm, I'm sitting with a lot more gratitude and also this total will to change what isn't working, right? And to support people that aren't sitting with that same privilege. And to me, that's what this whole, I mean, that's what the entire, you know, point of this yoga teacher training is. It's the point of it's the point of everything. It should be the point of everything. But wanting to create good things for the world. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Are you hiring right now? As the owner of multiple businesses myself, I know just how challenging hiring can be. But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. And that place is ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, all with a few easy clicks on your keypad. But they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That gives you more free time to focus on what needs to be done for your company. The right candidate is out there and ZipRecruiter is how you find them. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The world is changing now more than ever. We all need more than one source of income, but not everyone wants to quit their jobs and become a startup founder. That's what Side Hustle School is all about. It's a short daily podcast, seven days a week, that tells stories of ordinary people making extra money without quitting their jobs. The host, Chris Gillabo, also has an intriguing new book out there this month called The Money Tree. It's an engaging story of how you have the power to create your own financial destiny, something that's especially important in this time of uncertainty. Get your copy of The Money Tree today from any bookstore or online retailer. Learn more at moneytreebook.com and listen to Side Hustle School wherever you get your podcasts. And when I started, I started building the or laying the foundations for this YTT uh, for a long time. I mean, a long time, years. People have been asking me for, for, for teacher training and for 200 hour. And I just couldn't see the point for a really long time in, in doing that. Like, yeah, I, I could sell one. I mean, I, I wouldn't have a problem filling one. I could probably make money off of one. Um, I just, I couldn't see the point. 
Uh, there are so many yoga teachers out there. I mean, there's, 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 it's a massive industry. There's, you know, yoga teachers by the thousands just being pushed um, out into this market of teaching yoga, into this business of teaching yoga every single year. It's just, it grows and grows and grows. And I, for a long time, had a hard time arriving at, well, what would be, you know, the true purpose of me creating a YTT? Because it sounded wonderful and lovely, and but I, I just, I, yeah, it didn't click for me. So that's why it, it took me a really long time to do. And then, you know, I had uh, a big, yeah, big, a big realization. I, I had two big realizations. One was um, that sort of arriving at my purpose in life, which sounds ridiculous and super cliche. And, you know, we can have many purposes and we can feel purposeful in different areas of life. But I had this big epiphany. You guys know my favorite word is epiphany, where the point of everything I do or what I want the point of everything I do to be is to support people on a path toward inner healing, right? So dealing with our old wounds, our old baggage, our old old shit, um, you know, trauma, childhood, everything that inhibits us from living fully and feeling at peace and um, knowing that we're enough, like in this moment, the way we are, like that work, but it doesn't end there. Like that's 50% of it. That's, it's not, it's not, you know, just yoga and therapy and meditation and this holistic stuff. Like, no, that's, that's half of it. And then once we arrive at that place, or we at least, you know, step onto that path, as soon as we start finding that healing and we start making that shift, it has to be about taking, you know, our cup will start overflowing. It has to be about taking that and then doing good shit for people that don't have the same privilege as us. It just, it, it, it can't end with, it can end with me. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> and I don't know, I think, I think you know, I, I was, when I, when I started teaching yoga, I was really young and it's been definitely a, a, an intense path for me with lots of ups and downs. And I've had a a lot of opportunity that I didn't know what to do with and, you know, social media and, and all that stuff. And I couldn't really see the, the big picture, long-term purpose for a really long time. But when that landed in me, you know, for me, like it doesn't end with, okay, I want to, I want to feel better. I want to, I want to heal myself, um, physical pain that I've had my whole life. That was kind of how I started. And then emotional pain that I've had my whole life. And then that life keeps throwing my way. I want to find tools so that I know what to do when the universe hits me with trauma and death and, and shit. I don't want to escape it. I don't want to, you know, drink myself into oblivion or, or smoke a packet of cigarettes every day or um, drop into drama or gossip or, or be depressed, you know, or feel inadequate or kind of battle this dark, heavy, poisonous mind that just tells me every day how horrible of a person I am. Like, I don't want to go that route. I want tools to sit with my shit <laughs> and to be able to to look at death or, you know, pain or trauma or fear or anxiety, whatever it is, to look at square in the eye and, and choose to stay. Like that's, that's the process that I, that I need to move through. And yes, it involves pra practicing yoga. It involves meditation. It involves all of these sort of radical, experimental, controversial, weird as shit that we do in these trainings, for instance. Um, but it cannot end there, right? It cannot end with me finding peace in my own skin and feeling good, um, you know, doing a bunch of yoga, probably drinking a bunch of green juice along the way. And then, you know, that's it and I'm done. No. <laughs> and I think that's sort of the beauty of, of healing ourselves from past wounds and past shit is that as soon as we arrive at a place where we start feeling whole again and we realize how abundant we are and how capable we are and how fucking beautiful and strong we are, that immediately that urge, like it, it's, it's pretty natural to look around and recognize who doesn't, who isn't there, 
right? Who doesn't have that same privilege or who maybe who doesn't have the ability to, who, who can't get to yoga class if that's how you you found healing, right? Or who can't go to these groups or these trainings or these big expensive things because yes, it is inaccessible, this type of this type of work. It's, it's really hard. There's a limit to how many people um, a group like this, and I'm not just saying like my own groups, but groups that I personally attend and my own teachers and um, like healing groups that exist all over the world. Like there's a limit to how many people can attend that. And it's a mega privilege to be able to, to go or for someone to see a therapist or a psych or a psychologist or, you know, it's, it's to get actual real help with heavy shit. Like it's, it's a privilege to even be in a place where we can ask for that. So the, the, the realization for me is, okay, wait, like I'm at a place where I feel really whole or at least, you know, where I feel like I have enough tools and I know enough of how to deal with my own stuff that I don't need to look everywhere, you know, for it all the time. I can kind of stop with that frantic search for peace and I can and I can work on it and practice it every day on my own. And it's going to be hard some days and easy some days, but I found my path. You know, that's that's sort of the feeling. And now immediately, like it has to be about turning all of that around. And when my cup overflows is how can I give it away? So there's millions of people out there. I mean, and, and you can talk about this at different levels. Like there's people that are cared for in material ways, you know, that have food on their plates every day, that have a shelter and, and roof over their heads and maybe even have like, a, you know, a, like luxuries and, 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 a, and a great life on the outside um, that struggle immensely with the inner stuff, you know, immensely. Like there's so many people out there. It's just so abundant. And then there's a whole level of, <laughs> a whole level of, of pain and struggle out there in the world that we cannot even really, you know, recognize, I think, not having, not having fully lived and experienced and grown up that way um, with people that don't have enough food to eat every day, people that are starving, people that, um, you know, cannot even for a second imagine the type of lives that we live and also the amount of waste that we move through in a day. Um, so how can we support people who aren't as privileged as us like how can I become a vessel for creating change where change is needed or um, creating support for people that are in need and can I do that on a on a scale in terms of just me as a human being living where I live like in my own community here and now um, can I get out into the world and do something mega big on a global scale like what sort of tools do I sit with <laughs> and when I had this realization it, be it just started making so much sense like oh my god of course I'm going to do a teacher training. Of course, if I, you know, have a chance to get to shape people, first of all, and what kind of teachers they become and what they choose to bring to the world and how, how they look at themselves and support them on that inner path, like that's, that's magical. But what if the point of the whole training is <laughs> to get out there and do epic stuff for people in need? I mean, it was just, it was just a slam dunk for me, at least in my, <laughs> it makes so much sense. So in our yoga teacher training, we have this uh, this big seva component, this huge component of, uh, of of supporting each trainee in creating projects within their own local communities to go, to do good things, and recognizing that you know teaching yoga is it's it's it cannot be the end game. It's awesome and it's beautiful, and you know it's going to take a long time until we feel really anchored in it and we feel good at it, and you know we want to make a living out of it and all of that. Uh, but having that looking all the time and as into how can I be of service rather than how can I fulfill my own and have it end there. It just, it opens a totally different, it op opens up to a totally different life. Um, at least it, it absolutely has, it absolutely has for me. 
So a lot of the things that we do in this training, and that's why I'm, I'm so grateful to have such a supportive group of, of women who are just so in support of each other right now, because we move through some really difficult stuff. I mean, we cry every day. <laughs> I cry every day. <laughs> and and I have to always explain to like you know because we have we have we have a big team of staff at the studio uh, and we have different uh, like groups of staff so we have like our core team which is um, people who have you know who are, who are like working with me every day and practicing with me every day and and um, living this you know they, they really know what goes on in these groups and and they don't know what it's all about maybe they're teachers themselves and kind of have been through this journey you know for a while and then we have another group of staff which is more like cafe staff and kind of people that um, support us with cooking the food and serving the meals and, and things like that that maybe are not as immersed in the work that we do on an emotional level um, and then I have to we have to have sessions with everybody on the team before we start a teacher training um, for instance we have days of silence and we have um, you know intense meditations that we do that follow hours of silence afterwards and then teaching teaching the stuff what does it mean to hold space for a group that is completely in silence and that's processing you know heavy emotional stuff um, it, it requires that totally specific level of presence to be able to hold that kind of space and also explaining that <laughs> when we begin this group every participant steps into a process of their own like a healing process and <laughs> we open a lot of doors and we start to kind of we start to look at things and and, and what sort of what kind of life do I want to live and what's in the way for that to happen and what it inevitably means is that you know me as a facilitator my entire core team and also it trickles out into the rest of the staff as well. We will all step into a kind of process ourselves. Um, and there's just no way around that. <laughs> so everyone needs to have tools. Like how can I how can I sit with my stuff when it comes up and not project and not react, you know, and not have like frustration or anger kind of seep out toward other people. But how can I, how can I do this work myself so that I can support these people that are here, you know, that have changed their entire lives and like put all of this on the line and trusted us um, to come here and do this right here. And it's just such a, such a, such a specific, specific type of work that we do. And of course, I mean, I'm, I'm making it sound like, <laughs> like, like all we do is like, you know, like sit around a, a circle and kind of, you know, chant and, and do shamanic stuff. That's not, that's not, that's not what it is. Of course, we are, you know, learning stuff <laughs> along the way, a whole, a whole lot of stuff. But we just closed week one. We have three weeks or 23 days, a little over three weeks. And uh, the first week is very, very, very much, very, very much centered around the, uh, the inner healing and old wounds and things like that. So that's, that's where I am at right now. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am deep into facilitating a yoga teacher training right now. Holding space for groups of amazing individuals is one of the great loves of my life, but it does work up the appetite. Long days at the studio means I need to prep my own healthy snacks, and for that, I use Daily Harvest. It's a subscription service that makes healthy eating easy and requires no effort. Daily Harvest sends one-step prep, perfectly portioned, plant-based cups of frozen organic fruits and vegetables directly to your door. You don't even have to think about making the healthy choice. It's delivered right to you. You can choose from smoothies, savory harvest bowls, overnight oats, and much more. An amazing meal or snack made from delicious whole ingredients is ready for you in as little as 30 seconds. All you have to do is add water or your favorite milk to the cup and blend, heat, or soak. 
Daily Harvest is the perfect thing to keep at the office or have on hand for those days when you just don't want to cook. Smoothies and Harvest bowls make a great healthy lunch or afternoon snack. And not to mention, the iced lattes are the perfect way to cool down after a sweaty yoga session. With three separate servings per order, they cost less than coffee shop drinks. Daily Harvest understands that sometimes we need some downtime without giving up healthy food choices. And these deliciously accessible organic foods from Daily Harvest are becoming my first choice at any time of the day. Try them out for yourself. Go to daily-harvest.com and enter the promo code YOGAGIRL to get three cups for free in your first box. That's promo code YOGAGIRL for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. Daily-harvest.com. And speaking of of internal processes, so (laughs) I honestly think that, you know, if, if... if I wasn't able to do this work, like if I wasn't able to do this for a living and hold this kind of space and create these types of programs, um, I don't know where I would be in my own emotional development. Like I honestly, I honestly don't know. For, for me, doing this work is so intricately tied into my own, to my own process. Like it's very, it's very hard for me to divide. I can't, I can't really make a big distinction like between different areas of my life the way many people can. Um, so like, you know, work is over here and then I end work and I go home and home and family is over here. And then maybe I teach yoga and I do that kind of work over here. Like for me, all of this just merges into one like life <laughs> in, in some shape or form. Uh, and I have this, uh, of course, like what's totally demanding um, about about teaching and facilitating a group like this is because we're or I am expecting such a big level of vulnerability and realness from each participant Uh, and we can never arrive at that if I am not able to be vulnerable and real with the group and coming from someone who you know has always struggled with vulnerability always struggled with showing emotion especially you know sadness or or anger or um, you know sadness for sure has been my biggest biggest struggle to cry in front of other people. I mean, I've had, I've spent years um, arriving at a place where I can do that and not feel like I'm about to die. Um, so my, my, my process this during this past week, and I can't believe it's only been a week because it's been so very, very intense. Uh, we do one of the exercises that we do that I do fairly often uh, with groups and, and by myself. Uh, we do a journaling exercise after like, a, you know, we always get into the body and we practice and we, um, I'll, I'll sort of sequence a class depending on what we're working on, right? So sometimes just movement and, you know, sweating like crazy and getting really lost in the body um, is the best way uh, to open a door to something, you know, to release or, or the best way to dive into um, yeah, a specific theme or we do a lot of journaling and a lot of, a lot of sharing um, in these groups. So one of the, one of those exercises is uh, we, we, we journal on a defining moment in our lives that has shaped us. And, and I always keep the, the themes like fairly broad and fairly open to interpretation. So it's never, it's never mega specific, you know, it's never like pulling at the threads of the deepest, most traumatic stuff that's ever happened in your life. Like, no, that's not what we do, but um, keeping it really general and specific. So a question like that, like it really depends on who's answering it and where they are at in their lives. So the answer to that could be coming to this training, like that was a defining moment in my life and I feel like it's shaping me, um, which would be, you know, a new, fairly, you know, not as, as, as deep of an answer. 
It could be something really difficult and challenging that happened in our lives because oftentimes the things that shape us into the people who we are, um, you know, it's not the, the dainty, easy peasy, rainbows and butterflies type of stuff. You know, it is heavier, more challenging things. Um, and then after that, uh, and after a practice, we we do a sharing on our life story, which is awesome. I mean, it's so, so interesting. Like imagine someone sat you down um, and someone was holding space for you to speak and just completely speak your own truth without speaking, without asking questions, without interrupting you, without reaching out to cut you off, without, you know, not really listening, but just waiting for their turn to speak, which is how most people, you know, quote unquote, listen. And someone holding space for you to share, like your life story. Where does that even begin? Where does it end? <laughs> What's the story that you choose to share? Is it a positive one? Is it a negative one? Is it light? Is it dark? Is it, you know, like it, it's, it says so much about how we look at life, uh, the type of story we tell when we tell people the story of our, from our past or the stories from our past. Um, so, and, and, and it also usually circles back to that defining moment, right? That we, that we kind of began with. And for me personally, when I do this exercise and I do it, I've done it throughout my life so many times, but the defining moment of my life it used to be, and it used to be always these very heavily negative things. Like immediately I would just, my mind would go to like, okay, something that really shaped me, that really changed my life. Like a moment where, you know, my life didn't remain the same and it took me someplace completely new. It was always heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. Um, and the first thing that always used to come to mind when I would do a sharing like that would be the death of my stepfather when I was little and my mom's suicide attempt that followed. And this for me was, of course, I mean, for a long time, the most the most awful thing that had happened in my life, the biggest trauma I ever had. It was this um, sort of, you know, I, I, life before that and life after that were two completely different things. And sort of that experience triggered, you know, years and years of, of just, yeah, immense darkness for me. Like I had big chunks of my childhood following that that I don't even remember like I have zero memory yet. like my body has just blocked out no matter how much work I do I just still cannot access those years so whenever I would do a sharing like that I would be like yeah well that was a defining moment for me and then uh, when I just started doing this sort of personal development healing work just talking about that experience was so immensely overwhelmingly painful um, I couldn't articulate it I couldn't get the words out uh, and part of that was because I hadn't processed the experience. Like no one had sat me down um, and given me space or tools to process what had happened to me. Like not only, um, you know, did my parents divorce in a really tra like tr super traumatic, horrifying way. And then really shortly after that, my stepdad, who was definitely a father figure for me, um, died in a plane crash, mega traumatic. And then my mom tried to kill herself like on my birthday party like I mean like saying it now I'm kind of like smiling laughing because when I speak it now it sounds like it's someone else's life like I'm not emotionally attached to that experience anymore I mean I'm, I'm not and I can get into the details and like the really sad parts about that and finding her suicide letter and like you know it's heavy heavy horrible stuff and for a long time because I never had the chance to process it when it happened or when I was a child or the years following um, it was like the experience was stuck in my body. I mean, it was just lodged in my body. It was lodged in the back of my throat, back of my heart, my lower back. Um, and 
trying to speak about it just meant that I would burst into, you know, complete tears. But I also didn't like to feel emotion or show emotion in front of people. So I would kind of swallow those tears and kind of pretend like I'm fine, I'm fine. This doesn't mean anything to me. But of course, it meant a lot. It meant everything. Um, and then I just started doing all this work. And then, <laughs> you know, I realized the more I tell, I told that story, the more I spoke it, the more I articulated it, the more I, um, you know, let it come into the light versus it being this dark kind of cancerous thing that grew inside of me, this, this trauma, this pain. Every time I spoke it, it became a little bit easier um, until it got to a point where I had spoken of it and shared the story so many times, you know, in these types of, of sessions and things um, that I had this like thought occur to me like, wait, so who did that happen to again? Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> Where I realized I had completely sort of, um, you know, it's still a part of my past. It's still part of my life story, but it's no longer living through me. Like it's not dictating my actions anymore. It's not dictating my my relationships anymore. It's not tripping me up in my daily life. This thing that happened to me when I was four or five, you know? You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. My favorite part of the day is my morning routine with Dennis and Lea Luna. I wake up to do yoga and then Lea Luna wakes up slowly. We have a beautiful breakfast together and get ready for the day ahead. And when it comes time to brush our teeth, Dennis and I and even the baby use Quip. Quip is the next level electric toothbrush that keeps my entire family smiling. The easiest add to your daily routine. Quip eliminates all the difficulties in keeping on top of your oral hygiene. With a built-in timer to make sure you brush for the dentist recommended two minutes, this toothbrush packs just the right amounts of vibrations with guiding pulses alerting you when to switch sides. And Quip offers all of this and more at a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes. When I'm on the road, Quip is easily my most refreshing travel companion. No charger or wires means Quip is compact and light. Its wireless mirror mount declutters the bathroom and doubles as a travel cover. Brushing twice daily has never been easier at home or on the road. Quip also offers amazing subscription plans that are for your health, not just your convenience. You are delivered new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. It's no wonder that Quip is loved by everyone. They were on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions, and they are the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Their team of dentists and designers is focused on helping you take care of your mouth much better. Plus, they're backed by a network of thousands of happy brushers using Quip every day. One of them could be you. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash yoga girl right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash yoga girl spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash yoga girl. And that was a huge thing. And then what happened after that is, okay, wait, I have to find a new defining moment. Like if that moment, like it's not my defining moment anymore. But then, of course, there's other things, right? So there was like another trauma that I had and another death that I had. And then I would keep finding like, but it would move closer to real time every time. So um, eventually, of course, like I had, you know, my, my mother tried to commit suicide. Uh, the latest time was three years ago. And then that became a defining moment in a really positive way, strangely, because it forced me through so much inner work that it was uh, yeah, the most life-changing thing in a positive way that had happened to me up to then, which meant separating from her, which is a, a story for a whole other podcast. 
And now, I mean, and then that was the last time I did that exercise was, um, was I think two years ago because it just sparked a big change. Like that suicide attempt, it sparked my mother's sobriety, which changed our relationship. It sparked me separating from her, which changed my whole life in so many ways. And we were able to rebuild our relationship after that. But now we did this exercise yesterday with the group. And as they were doing it, I was just kind of sitting to myself. I was like, oh, what is my, like, what's my defining moment now? Like, what's the latest thing that has shaped me, you know, that I can really pinpoint? Because it's not all the stuff that happened when I was little. And it's not all the stuff that happened three years ago. And then it just occurred to me. I'm like, the... (laughs) The moment now that I sit with of my most defining moment, like a moment that has shaped me into the person that I am for the first time in my life, and I've been doing this sort of work forever, it's a positive thing. <laughs> and I've never been able to pinpoint a positive experience. So my, my most defining moment, the moment that has shaped me the most is the birth of, of, of Leah Luna, the birth of my daughter. And to be able to, to arrive at that and say like, okay, a bunch of stuff has shaped me into the person that I am. And a lot of it has been traumatic and heavy and full of death and bullshit and abandonment and whatnot. Um, but the biggest thing of all, like really the biggest thing of all that really has has left its mark in me, that's really has shaped me into the person that I am, it's up on a plus. <laughs> like it's a positive. And it's the birth of my baby girl, you know, 15 months ago. And I was, I had that realization in the middle of, 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 a, of a session yesterday and it just, oh, it hit me so deep, not just everything that I've learned and grown into since becoming a mom, because that, oh, what a, what a ride, but the fact that I get to sit with a positive thing now <laughs> for the first time in my life, I get to look back and the story that I tell about my, you know, my life story, it's not this negative thing anymore it's not this heavy weight that I carry around it's not these wounds that I'm like holding up to the world like please please don't hurt me anymore it's this totally different way of living in that my most defining thing it's it's this love and I'm tearing up now speaking this because how fucking beautiful is that I get to have love shape me now instead of death I get to have birth shape me now instead of death I had, you know, 28 years of of feeling shaped by death or feeling like all the growth I ever had, all the, everything I, I've ever, you know, arrived at has been through realizations from death and trauma. And now all of my growing, all of my learnings, all of my epiphanies, and yes, epiphanies are my favorite word, um, they're coming to me from this place of total pure love and birth and this little beaming being of light that just (laughs) that can be such a challenge like oh my god like motherhood can be so hard but it's it's shaping me into this person that I am and it's happening through love and I'm just so fucking grateful that I can sit and share that and I shared that with a group yesterday and I was crying in front of the group and it feels so good (laughs) I'm sure it's, I mean, it sounds like this totally daunting thing to have 50 something people look at you while you talk and cry, but it's, it's, it's the best thing there is. 
And I, I wrote a little something on Instagram today about, you know, we tend to forget that crying is an actual bodily function. Not that I need to defend my, my need to cry or anything like that. I mean, I, I, I cry a lot <laughs> these days. I was, I'm pretty good at it now. I used to be crap at it. But it's a bodily function. Like forcing ourselves not to cry is like forcing ourselves not to pee. <laughs> but somehow it's this accepted thing. And then, you know, of course we become tense and we start to harbor all of this sadness and all of this frustration and all of this fear instead of finding healthy ways to process it and let it out and for me I mean it's just the most disarming thing like watching someone vulnerably openly share their sadness or their past or their truth or their fears there's nothing more beautiful than that I mean it's the most beautiful thing there is so you know letting myself go to those places it's it's really hard sometimes especially when um, yeah, I'm supposed to be the teacher and I'm yoga girl and people come because they find me through social media and there's there can be this unrealistic expectation of I have to be a certain type of person. But I'm just a regular fucking normal human being with a beating heart that feels inadequate and insecure and fearful and worried and angry and all the shit that you feel every day. Like we all share that, all of us, all of us. And we need to just, I think that practice of of getting down from that place of, of of having to fake it all the time or having to keep our shit together all the time or having to be this sort of person that we think people want us to be or that people expect us to be you know of just of just going with the flow of noticing what arrives and what's here now and then being able to sit with that and live that and breathe through that without being worried about you know people looking at you weird or judging you or not loving you or not supporting you and just knowing that that there's people that have your back through that and that the more vulnerable you are and the more real you are the the more beautiful you are the easier it is to relate to you the more lovely you are I mean that's just that's just a fundamental truth like oh oh I just and I'm trying to I'm trying to like I, I have a little something in the works we are so close to to releasing all this secret stuff that I've been talking about for months now. Um, and there's a separate thing to this that involves um, bringing this type of work like to the masses and not um, having to rely on these types of groups or these kind of inaccessible um, things to, to get to work through our stuff and also to get the tools of how can I take this and then go home to my family and apply it every day and not just have it be a thing that I learned in teacher training or at a retreat or in a group or whatever, but how can I have this actually effectively change my life so that I can become better at dealing with stuff when it comes my way. And we're, we are very close actually to, uh, to something super badass that I think you guys are all going to be very, very excited about because these two things together, you know, healing the inside so that we can get out there and take action for people that don't have, you know, the ability to do that healing work, like they need help with that. Or maybe they need, they need fundamental help with like food on their plates and roof over their heads, you know, all of that before we can even start thinking about any other type of healing. Like how can we get out there and use the tools we have to provide and support for people in need? That's just, that's just the question that we have to return to again and again and again and have the difficult conversations. I mean, really, really to sit with our stuff and realize like, okay, like I'm, I'm privileged to do this. So how can I give back? And if you're listening to these words, you, you have the ability to do both of these things. One, you have the ability to heal yourself. You do, you do to look at the hard stuff. 
um, to release yourself from the wounds and the baggage of your past. Like you have the ability to do that. Maybe you still need tools or you need a supportive community or you need a teacher or you need, you need something. I mean, but there's so many resources out there. There is. And also you have the ability, if you're listening to these words, to do great things for people in need. I mean, you do. And I think to me, these two things together, the inner work and the outer work, it's just, it's a slam dunk. And I am dedicating the rest of my days to making, to spreading this and to making this, to making this, this real life. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, and of course, to, to continue to work with my own shit, um, because if I don't do my own work, I can't support anybody else with theirs, you know, but I envision one day, uh, a world filled with people like equipped to deal with our own <laughs> equipped to deal with our own beating messy you know indecisive vulnerable hearts so that we can you know look around us and just be better people and show up with love for everyone one day you guys one day i look at lea luna and i know that day isn't so far that day is it's, it's it's closer than we think and there's definitely hope and there's possibility and potential i mean it's out there i look i see it in her eyes i'm like oh damn like she she knows <laughs> so on that note <laughs> um hmm. i'm sending you so much love so much love so much love and holding space for you and if i can give you a little nudge like if there's any anything that you're sitting with right now, any sort of pain, any sort of struggle, sadness, depression, trauma, whatever it is, the one piece of like mega important advice that I can give right now is to talk about it immediately, right now. Talk about it. Call a friend, call your mom, find a stranger on the bus, <laughs> go see a therapist, um, you know, talk about it, talk about it. Let those, those like dust those old memories off that kind of shelf that you put them away um, long ago and let them see the light and in the light that shit it's not as scary as you think I swear it's scarier when we put it in that dark corner um, you know we have to bring our stuff to light you'll realize like oh, actually okay this sucks it sucks that it happened to me it sucks that this is what it is it had to be my life yeah but you're strong and you can move through it that I promise okay I'm gonna <laughs> pray continue praying to the technology gods that we get our electricity back at some point because we still don't have any and i'm sort of sweating my butt off here right now so thank you thank you thank you for for listening for uh, hearing me ramble on about everything that just moves through my heart on any given week because damn yeah it's a trip <laughs> and i love you so much have a beautiful day and i'll see you next week Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, ZipRecruiter, Daily Harvest, and Quip. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.